0: I feel like sometimes life is really mental, dude. That's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. It's really mental.
1: Everything in me today didn't want to get out of bed, but I got out of bed and I did the thing. I'm proud of myself for pushing past my own boundaries.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Really Mental Podcast where we want you to know no matter who you are, you're not alone and we talk about mental health and identity with some amazing people, today being Tierra Scovby from Riverdale. I just wanted to remind you to give us five stars if you enjoyed this conversation. Make sure to follow us, like us, subscribe at Really Mental Podcast. Very excited for today, we are talking about therapy and also Probably a little bit about anxiety too. Harry, I wanted to pass it to you. What's your experience been like for going to therapy and finding a therapist?
2: I think personally for me, Will, My journey with therapy was really confusing at the start because I didn't feel like I clicked with any people that I was talking to and I didn't feel like I had someone to feel comfortable with in a sense. I remember in high school, I was going through a bunch of like tough things and the person I'd click with was the school counselor and he was like a really nice guy. He was like very understanding, gave me the space to like feel free to expressed my emotions in a non-judgmental way and he felt made me feel safe. And I remember that that was a really key movement and part of my life. But unfortunately, we leave high school, we need to find new people and we can't rely on one person for our comfort. And for me, that was a really hard journey finding a new person coming out of that as well. And I think... You're not always going to find a therapist that is going to suit you the first time around, but you might find it the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth time around. You'll find someone eventually that suits your needs and kind of clicks with you. It's kind of like a relationship at the end of the day. Yeah. Like a friendship, like you're not going to click with everyone
0: straight away. What was the reason and what were some of the things you were going through to bring you to a place of being open to try therapy?
2: I think personally, it was after like hitting a really low point. And me personally going like, I need to change something. Like I need to change my life because I'm not happy and I am not in a good place and I will not even get out of bed. I can't function as a normal human being and kind of like realizing that I'm like fucking up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I need to find help and kind of having those breakdowns as well. I think there was also moments where there were points in my time where I just like snapped, lost the plot, like didn't do anything bad, but just lost it. And people around me saw that and were like, okay, okay time to take you to the school counselor and time to get you to talk to someone. And that kind of like pushed me into it was those moments where I hit rock bottom. What about you, Will?
0: Yeah, I think I came to therapy sort of reluctantly. I had spoken about mental health to my brother after I came back from a trip with music. We had played like a big festival in Australia. It's called Splendour in the Grass. I felt really depressed and unhappy. And I also felt shame that I was ungrateful for everything I was doing. I didn't know anyone else experienced it, but I spoke to my brother about it. And then I realized, okay, maybe I can let someone in on this secret I have, which is my anxiety and my depression. And it really was a secret. I felt really bad about it. I was just trying to keep it away from everyone. And so that really brought me to the place of, okay, well, if my brother was supportive and was there for me maybe someone else will be and so i found a psychologist as well and i found that very helpful we're going to be talking to tiara obviously about her journey with it and very excited to get her thoughts around the whole therapy experience for everyone tuning in remember you are beautiful and you're not alone with what you're going through and we're going to welcome tiara to the podcast
1: Woo. Woo. hey
0: everyone We have a Really Mental show on the Amazon AMP app. We're going to be hosting live conversations with some of your favorite guests, including some of the ones on here. Make sure you go follow us on the Amazon AMP app at Really Mental. And we want you to know that no matter who you are, you're not alone. Hopefully we'll see you on Amazon AMP at 7 p.m. PT, 10 p.m. ET every Sunday. All right, see you then, beautiful human. Okay, so Tiara, could you please describe yourself for people who don't know you?
1: My name is Tiara Scobie. I am from Vancouver. I am an actress. I started acting when I was a kid. I've been on shows like Once Upon a Time, Riverdale, and Nurses. I have a rescue dog, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That's me.
0: I love <laughs> that the rescue dog made it in. That's actually pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> she always does. So I'm like, I see her like chilling on my couch right now. I'm like, I gotta mention
0: her. (laughs) What's the rescue dog's name?
1: Her name's Scout.
0: I want to start with your childhood. And obviously, Harry and I read up a bit about everyone we have on. It's exciting to have an actress on today. So I always find it so interesting because it's a different world to what Harry and I live in uh, in terms of the entertainment industry. With your childhood, you're a child actor. Can you talk about your childhood for a bit? What it was like, what you like as a kid?
1: Acting wasn't really something that like my parents intentionally meant to put me in. They kind of put my sister and I, they put us in like all sorts of things like music and sports and martial arts and dance and just like a whole bunch of things so that we could kind of pick and choose like what we wanted to do and develop new skills and stuff. And then I was seven and I was at a fair with my mom. This agent came up to my mom. My mom said I was like dancing in a group of kids, like being silly and loud. Very quintessential childhood Tiara. My mom always said, You didn't have to look for me. You just had to listen because I was always like really loud and outgoing. And I'd walk up to everybody and be like, Hey, do you want to be my friend? Yeah, the agent came up to my mom and was like, Hey, is that your daughter? She's really cute. She'd be great for commercials. And my parents, being the kind of people that were like, Clearly, this happened for a reason. Maybe we should explore it. So then we went and took a meeting with the agency, and it was a legit agency. And I started doing commercials and stuff as a kid. Yeah, it just kind of never stopped.
2: What was your favorite ad that you did as a kid?
1: I did like a bunch of Barbie ones growing up and like Polly Pocket and things like that. And I always thought those ones were so much fun because I got to see the toy like before it came out. And then they usually would give us the toy. So I'd always be like, oh, look at it, like, oh, I got this new Barbie that hasn't even come out yet. And like, I thought I was so cool like as a seven-year-old like doing those. I did this one for, I think it was like, sour cream or something and we had to like eat tacos the whole day and I remember just being so excited as a kid being like I get to eat tacos all day
2: what made you want to continue that whole path of like acting ads all those types of things instead of going for like a traditional route like university
1: I think I kind of got lucky in the sense that like I we're not lucky but like I started studying it and like taking acting classes as I got a bit older and I think it was, I was like 12 or 13. And I auditioned for like the adult program in this acting school. And I I got in and I was like the youngest one by far. And like, you know, working with a whole bunch of people who are way older than I was. And I was terrified. I remember being like, Oh, I made a mistake. I don't want to do this. And my parents being like, well, you've committed to it now. Like you have to see it through. And by the end I was like, Oh, I love this. Like, it wasn't just like a fun hobby thing. I was like, Oh, I actually like putting in the work.
0: When it comes to with your acting career, getting in at an early age, you know, anything in the entertainment industry, anything where you're putting yourself out there can be really scary. Do you think starting at an early age with that naivety and lack of care that you have when you're younger has made it easier for you to sort of grow up in that space?
1: I was talking to a friend of mine about this actually not too long ago, and I definitely was the like most outgoing, least shy kid. Like I did not care what people thought about me like at all. And then, you know, as you get older and you become a teenager and you kind of get awkward and you're trying to figure out who you are, you start to care about like what people think of you. I think for me, like in that phase, I was like, you know, I became very aware of, Myself and how I was like coming off and looking and you know in auditions and stuff and it wasn't quite as natural like and I think that's kind of when I started taking the classes and I started to study it that I was like it went from being like just like this like goofy kid who just kind of went off of her instincts and was like okay like I'm focusing on this now like this is something that I I care about but I definitely think because I grew up you know doing it and I was in front of the camera a lot that it still was something that was just like quite natural to me. For me, one of my favorite things about it is telling stories, especially if you tell a story that can have an impact on someone, whether it's like you know, it's a comedy, and it like takes somebody out of their shitty day while they're watching it. Or like, I did a show about nurses, we were filming during the pandemic, and it came out in the middle of everything. And these were stories they were based on real events, but we were getting to like shine a spotlight on nurses and everything they were doing in the world for us right now. So when it kind of ties into real life, and you actually get to see the impact that the jobs that I do can have on people and, and telling those stories like that's, for me like the most amazing part of it like being able to like affect people and that kind of stuff
2: you're a strong advocate for mental health what made you want to step out of that comfort zone and share your stories and bring to light all the issues that a lot of people face
1: now looking back at my life like yes I was a very outgoing kid but I was also like the most anxious child and now as an adult. I look back at that and I'm like, how did my parents not realize that I definitely had an anxiety disorder? Like growing up, like if it rained too much, it was going to flood and we were going to die. If it was too windy, there was going to be a tornado and it was we were going to die. Like I was constantly panicking about everything as a child, and then that kind of went away for a few years of my life, and then about four years ago, three, three, four years ago now, I had a really, really bad bout. I was hit by this like anxiety spiral. My therapist calls it like the anxiety spiral from hell. I was anxious about being anxious. And it was just like this loop that wouldn't go away. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how I was feeling. Couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. I was about to start filming a movie. I was like, I was a a disaster. Like I had no idea what was going on. I hadn't had a lot of conversations with people about mental health. Like, it wasn't even three, four years ago, it wasn't quite as prevalent as in social media and, you know, like within people to talk about. But the only person that I knew who had like openly talked about her mental health and like her struggles with it in therapy was Lily Reinhart on Riverdale. She was just so open about it. Just like talked about it all the time. Like on set, like, oh, I'm feeling really anxious today. Or like, oh yeah, like I have to see my therapist because like, you know, my anxiety is getting really bad and I want to learn how to like manage it and deal with it. And I, I remember being like, I never really heard people just talk about it so casually. I actually went to them. I didn't know really anybody else who had openly talked about it at that point. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what this feeling is. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what triggered it. But like, I knew I wasn't myself. Like I knew I there was something happening. And I wasn't functioning as the person that I I normally am day to day. So because they were such big people for me, when I was going through it and kind of like gave me the tools and the guidelines to to, to start to combat it, I was like, why aren't we talking about this more? Why isn't everybody talking about this? Like I knew two people out of everyone, my parents, my sister, who was openly talking about struggling. It's got to be a lot more prevalent than we realize. Why aren't we sharing this? Like, why aren't we talking about it? If somebody has a cold everybody's got their remedy. Everybody's got, oh, you know, try this, take this, eat this, sleep this long, blah, blah, Like, like it's nothing. But if you say like, oh, I'm really anxious or I have a panic attack, everyone's like, oh, I don't know how to help you with that. Like, wh- what do you, what do you do? And it's this weird, like, ooh, like don't talk about that. Like you keep that to yourself. I don't like that. Mentality around it. I'm just gonna start talking about it. And also talking about it for me made it way less scary. It made me feel way less afraid of what I was feeling because I was like, well, if I can say this out loud. And then the more people that sharing back, you're like, okay, like we're not alone in this. I didn't realize how you know many people felt the same way. I also learned from a lot of people different ways to cope, different techniques. There's so many different things you can do, just like such informative conversations. But I think, you know, honestly, one of the biggest things is like the connections that I've been able to make with people because of this thing, which in a weird sort of way, makes it kind of beautiful. Because like, I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you guys right now, if it wasn't something that I had openly talked about. And I've had lots of conversations with people over the course of the last four years where it's like, oh, the conversation started because oh, yeah, I've mentioned mental health, my, my Instagram or whatever. And then it's like this beautiful community of people all trying to stand up for something that, you know, we've been told to be quiet about for so long.
2: Was there a moment where you can like identify that you have felt like your lowest and like lowest emotionally? And how did you deal with that?
1: That anxiety spiral right before I started filming this movie was 100% like the lowest I've ever been in my life. The hardest thing about it was that at the time I was in a in a relationship, I had a great home. I had my dog. I was about to film a lead in a movie. I was filming half of it in Hawaii. Like I had a great circle of friends. I was healthy. It was summertime. Like there was nothing on paper to be like, hey, by the way, it's going to feel like your entire world's falling apart overnight. And I just couldn't function. I, I became a shell of like who I was. I remember driving like, I had to get up one day and go do this fitting for the movie. And I woke up and I was like, I, I, can't, I can't go. Like in a ball in my shower being like, I can't do it. I can't go. To a fitting, which is something I've I've literally done my entire life since I was a kid. Like it doesn't make any sense why I wouldn't be able to go. Like this is the easiest part of my job. Like I just go put clothes on. Like it's nothing. After that day, I was like, this is not, I have to figure out long-term solutions to this and figure out what's going on. And the first thing I did was I, I got, I found a therapist. Well, I went to my family doctor who gave me a referral to get a therapist. I did not like the first therapist I saw, which I think is a huge thing that people don't talk about because a lot of people will see one therapist and be like, Oh, I did not like that person. And then never want to go again. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's like a relationship. You have to like find somebody who's like, it works with. And then I found the therapist that I have now who I love and she's wonderful. And I've been seeing her for like four years and through conversations, you know, I started finding ways to kind of come back to myself more, but it was hard. Like it took a long time and I was like, yeah, it was, it was terrible.
0: I see parts of my experience as well in that with anxiety and how it all came at once. And that feeling of like, you're almost getting hit by a brick wall. One of Mm -hmm. the toughest things for me was like the shame that came with that as well about Not being able to do the things you usually do, feeling like everything's so much harder. Did you face, did you feel that a lot of shame? And how did you deal with that? Because I feel like it's one of the toughest emotions.
1: Yeah, I think for me, a lot of the shame came from the fact that I felt really ungrateful. Like I felt like I was being ungrateful for the life that I have. There was so many good things happening in my life in that moment that, yeah, on paper, it didn't really make sense for me to all of a sudden be this unhappy, anxious shell of a person. Like that I think was the hardest thing and like kind of kept me within myself for a while was because I was struggling so much, but it felt like I had no reason to be struggling. Like I didn't have a tangible reason to be like, I'm struggling. I need help.
2: How did you deal with your anxiety? Like what were some of the actual practical things that you did to help with
1: it? (laughs) I'm one of those people that I'm like, I will read as much as I can and I will know absolutely everything there is to know I will fix this problem. Like I will fix this problem. It's the last thing I do. I started reading about it, found a therapist, saw a psychiatrist too, because I was like, I wasn't opposed to anything. I was like, if I, they think I need medication, like I will try medication. I didn't care. Like, I was like, if this is going to help me get back to me, that's okay. And I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and like a panic disorder because I was having frequent panic attacks. I immediately cut out caffeine because at the time I was drinking a ton of coffee. I started exercising a lot. I like implemented a routine of things that I knew that I had researched would help. Um, So I like exercised, started meditating keeping a gratitude journal, just trying to get outside more and walking. And I like saw a therapist.
2: I know for me, the hardest part, and a lot of people around me, I know say the same thing they like know what to do, but it's really hard to just be consistent with it and turn it into that kind of routine. What were some things that you did to kind of make that and integrate it into your life, like consistently without just like being very reactive, but more so being like proactive in your sense?
1: You just start with one thing. Like that's kind of what I did. Like I just started with one thing. I was like, okay, super easy. I'll cut caffeine out. Like I'll, I'll slowly start doing that. And then I was like, okay, like exercise, like I really like being fit. So I started doing those things and exercising more. And I think you just like start with little like bite-sized pieces, like don't go in a day and just be like, I am going to do this, 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 and this, this, because then that'll just cause you anxiety in itself because now you're like completely changing around your life and stressing yourself out. But if you just start implementing daily habits that are moving you towards feeling better, it doesn't feel so daunting. It's just like bite-sized pieces. And then you start to kinda of become second nature, you don't have to think about it and but like I said, like I've done this now for four years and there's still days where I do everything right and you're like, okay, still still feel funky, but there's nothing you can do about that. It's okay.
2: <laughs> in those funky days in those days where you feel low, say you're filming, say you've got a really busy day on, how do you deal with what's coming up ahead when you're feeling like shit?
1: There's just like little things that I can do. Like if I'm on set or I'm really busy or I'm in meetings or I'm running around. You're never too busy to take five minutes to put your headphones in and like, listen to a quick meditation. Like even if I'm on set, I'll be like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Like, I don't care how long they think I'm in there for like, whatever. Put my headphones in, listen to like a three minute meditation, calm my mind down. There's little things that you can do, whether it's like having an essential oil thing with you or some CBD or whatever it is that you kind of need to have to give yourself those moments of like, just for yourself, these like moments to calm down, to slow down, to just like focus on your breathing, calm your mind down. And there's some days that it's literally just powering through. It can be really hard and really exhausting. But there's always that part of me afterwards. That's like, everything in me today didn't want to get out of bed. But I got out of bed and I did the thing. And it sucked. I didn't have fun. I didn't enjoy it. But I did it. I'm proud of myself for pushing past my own boundaries. And I think That's kind of what I was saying earlier with like, I was pushing myself to go and do the things that made me happy before, because you're like, you never know what the outcome is going to be. And then there's a lot of days that I wake up and I'm like, I hate today. Don't want to go do that thing. And I go and do it. And I'm like, it was a great day.
0: On this journey with mental health, something that is a little toxic, which is uh, aiming for, you know, complete happiness or complete peace does not exist you're still going to have these ups and downs because that is life. And to know that the good parts, the happiness, the joy, you have to experience the opposite. That's how we create those differences. So I think that's really important because I found for me when I was on this journey, my goal was literally, and I'm a perfectionist. So I like of course, I take this into my mental health as well, where I would strive for, okay, doing this meditation, what does that look like? What's the goal? It's to be perfectly at peace today, like to be happy, to have an incredible day. And I only caught that a year and a half ago and started working on that. And it took me a couple of years to get over that. So if you're listening to this and maybe you're stuck in that loop of aiming for perfection, it doesn't exist. And then there's actually peace in that. I wanted to go around and see what's one thing that makes you anxious that like just happens and you're like, oh my gosh, that just freaks me out. Something that makes me anxious is What I was saying before, not being perfect. And I was talking to Harry about this before with like managing time and doing things. When there's less time to get things done, I'm not able to get something completely perfect. I don't like that. And that makes me feel anxious because I don't want to put something out that is average or bad and experience that regret or that shame. So that's something that can make me anxious. And that's what I'm working on. What about you, Mr. Harry?
2: Being ignored, like... Knowing that someone's on their phone, but they haven't replied back to me, that like makes me super anxious. I'm like, why are they ignoring me? Like, did I do something wrong? Did I, you know what I mean? I've gotten better at it over time as well, because I'm like, why do you care if they reply? Like, why are you putting your happiness in someone else's hands? Like all those different types of things. What about you, Tiara?
1: You know, I think a big thing for me is when things are going really well, I get really anxious because I'm like, what's got to give? Like... Yes. All right. Cannot keep going this good. Four is going to fall out here. Like what's going to go wrong? And I'm like almost sabotaging my own happiness because I'm waiting for something bad to happen. I'm waiting for the like balance to happen. And I'm like, I've really been working on that because it takes away from my ability to let myself be happy when things are going good and let myself celebrate victories because I'm like oh well I don't want to get too excited because like you never know and another thing that makes me really anxious is when I like sit and think about the future too much or like because I'm such a planner but you can't do that with the future you can't do that with life and I sit and I'm like oh my god but what if this but what if this and I it takes me out of the present moment so I like really focus on not trying to dwell on things too far in the future but yeah
0: It's definitely a balancing act, isn't it? Because even we've been in the driver's seat and like, okay, what do you want to achieve? There is a point as well where you have to let it play out and it's a balancing act. You don't want to be too much in the flow state of just going with the flow. You're just seeing what comes in. You want that middle ground. And it's funny that you say you want to get better at planning because I also see it as a positive trait because maybe because I'm a bit of the opposite as well. Like Sometimes I like to just go like, oh, we'll sort it out. When it comes to it. So I actually see it as sort of like a positive trait to that you have that organization.
1: I think it's good to the point where you're like over planning it. Like, if it takes away from like letting you enjoy it because you're like, Oh, I need to like plan and make sure every little detail is perfect. I know within myself, like if I'm like planning a party or if I'm trying to organize something, like if it doesn't go exactly how I want it, then I'll like almost be disappointed. But I'm like, no, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't have, that's not what it's about. Like as long as you like do the things and make steps to have it happen and you're organized, don't hyper-focus on like needing it to be planned.
0: What is it like for you being on set of a movie, a TV show where It obviously takes so many people to make that experience, that story, that you almost have to surrender your control. Are you used to it now? Is that ever tough?
1: That's funny. I've never really thought about that. Like, I'm so used to being on set and, like, the way that the machine that it is that takes getting a movie or a TV show made that never really is something that's stressful for me like I love that part of it like once I'm there I know how to do my part and I know how my part works within everybody else's parts but I think the thing with acting that is maybe hard is not so much like once you're on set it's more so when you're auditioning and you getting a job is completely in the hands of a bunch of other people so leaving my income my job my passion in the hands of other people sometimes it, that part of it can be really hard and really daunting
2: yeah i feel that that's the same with modeling in a sense like you have all these other people telling you if you're working or if you're not working i learned that it's not like a dig at me if i don't get a job it's not personal to me cuz it can come across personal cuz obviously it's literally based off the way you look
1: no oh, yeah yeah
2: but i learned that it's just like i might not suit that brand and what they're looking for at this point in time it got to the point where I just don't really care anymore. It's, you just, you get so many no's and you get so many yeses that you just like the no's don't affect you really. Like you're just like, cool, next one, go next one. It's like a cog just turning and turning and turning. Another important thing that I learned was doing other things, not just doing one thing, especially when like it's in the hands of other people. Like I was doing like doing other shit, like doing a podcast, doing all these different other stuff that I genuinely enjoy and like expanding, not being afraid to try things whilst you may be in like a not working dry spell or like you might still be working, but you just want to try new things because you know that there's a time period and an expiry date and people have the full control of your career and it's not in your control. How do you get to a place of like not needing something when it's your true passion and you just really want to be successful at it? Because that's a hard thing to kind of like separate yourself from.
1: I think for me, what I've really started to learn and work on the last little while is like, I always want to be an actor. I love acting. It is, I've been doing it since I was a kid. I want to do it my whole life. But I know I'm good at other things. My worth comes from other things. I don't think that like if acting were to just not be a career tomorrow, I all of a sudden wouldn't know who I am or feel like I have any worth or any talent or well yes it is something that i know i'm always going to work very hard at and i know i always want to do and i hope i'm lucky enough to be able to do it's not it doesn't define me like i'm not tiera the actor like i'm tiera who is an actor so i think that's a big thing is like it doesn't define me and like i do really enjoy a lot of other things and i'm quite good at other things so i think it's just a matter of like knowing that this is the thing i want to do and i'm going to work really hard at it but It's not the end all, be all. I think it's like relationships too. Like when you're in a relationship, if you're like, I have no idea who I am without this person, it's the same kind of thing. It's just like you you force it too much. But when you like know that your worth comes from other things, then you can love it without it destroying you.
0: That's something for me to think about as well. Like uh, with wanting it too much. Sometimes it's easy to get caught in with just, when your job is your passion, it's like, oh, I just want to do this. I want to, you know, I want to make this work. I completely agree. Like when I have checked out pretty much, things happen. The beautiful thing with that is recognizing it is a lot of the the solution, just recognizing it.
1: Like I'm not saying just like stop caring and check out and then like everything you want will happen for you. But I think it's a matter <laughs> of true. like when you know you're forcing something and you're stressing yourself out of it and it's changing like your own ability to be happy in your mental state because you're so all consumed by it, you're probably not putting your best foot forward.
2: I wanted to bring it back to therapy and I wanted to ask you, Tiara, when did you realize the importance of therapy? What was the catalyst? I know you said like you had this anxiety spiral, but what was the catalyst that really made you go, okay, I need to go to therapy?
1: I think it was in that anxiety spiral, like feeling like I felt really helpless. Like I felt very far from myself. I'm not just going to sit here and wait for it to get better. Like I have to do something. And I had seen a therapist like a few times here and there, like throughout my life, but like never really consistently. Yeah. I think it was talking to Lily who had been like, I, yeah, I've been going to therapy for years and just like how much she talked about it in such a like positive way where it didn't feel like it was like a Oh, I go to therapy because I have a problem where she was like, no, like I love therapy. Like I love my therapist. I was also really in a place where I was willing to try anything. And then I did really enjoy it.
0: What would you say a misconception is that you had before you started therapy? And how did that change?
1: It's funny. I actually had this conversation with my mom not too long ago. She had randomly texted me out of the blue. Both me and my sister see therapists, not the same one, um, but we both are in therapy it was something we did on our own. Like it wasn't something our parents facilitated for us or found for us. Like, it was something we like sought out for ourselves. And my mom came to me and she was like, do you think I'm a bad mom? Because both of my kids feel the need to be in therapy. That thought didn't even cross my mind. Like it wasn't even in my head. I was like, why would you be a bad one she's like well like did i fail you guys in some way because you felt like you couldn't come and talk to me or like because you like need to go to therapy and i was like no i think you know in her generation still has a bit of a stigma around going to therapy that like if you go to therapy it's because you have an issue it's because you need to deal with something like there's something wrong with you you have to go to therapy instead of realizing that like life is hard People are very complex and there's so much going on in our day-to-day life. The fact that my mom does have two daughters who were strong enough to advocate for their mental health, to take the initiative to take care of themselves and go to therapy. I was like, if anything, mom, that's like huge kudos to you for raising two daughters who were strong enough to want to go and do that. Yeah.
2: I have a um a combo question here. It's a few in one. I know we've already answered one part of it, but I want to ask you it. What- all three of them together. What makes you happy? What makes you anxious? And what makes you sad?
1: My dog makes me really happy. Thinking too much about the future makes me anxious. And what makes me sad? I mean, I feel like that's a question that like comes and goes like to kind of depending what's happening. I think a lot of the things in the world lately make me sad. But like this morning, a video of this grandma hustling to like make her granddaughter lots of food and the caption was like, I think all grandmothers love languages is feeding their grandchildren. And that made me sad. Like, <laughs> I think that's like kind of a day to day thing. But like, I don't know, I think there's a lot of heartbreak in the world right now. And that makes me sad.
0: The sad question, that's a tough one, because yeah, it is I feel like ever changing and sometimes hard to hold on to as much as maybe like anxiety, because those are more so triggers. Whereas I feel like sadness is waves if we're using metaphors. So for the future, uh, speaking of anxiety, <laughs> so for the future, um, what is something that you're excited about this year? And it could be anything from career to, you know, spirituality, mental health, et cetera.
1: For the rest of this year, like I, right now in my career, I'm auditioning a lot. So, you know, whatever that next job is, whenever it is, I'm really excited for that. I know that it'll be something that is great. So I'm, you know, I'm putting that out there and I'm really excited about that. But I've also really a big part of my life in the last while that's been like making me really happy is the fitness world. And I've been exercising a lot, starting a lot of like martial arts stuff, which is, I did it a lot as a kid, but I'm doing more of it now. And just like having that be a, a big focus in my life has just been this like amazing outlet and this amazing hobby that I've been enjoying a lot of. Just continuing to explore that and like put my time and energy into that. So, yeah.
2: Nice. And if you could work on one aspect of your mental health right now, what would it be?
1: One thing that I am working on is not overthinking quite as much. I think, you know, within my industry, having my job and my career always being like a roller coaster. I tend to overthink a lot of things or like, oh, well, what if I did this or what if I don't do this? And like, you know, and then it bleeds into my relationships and I'm like, oh, why did this person say this or this happened because of this? And and just kind of like letting go, of kind of needing to have the answers to everything and just kind of going with the flow of things and not over analyzing or overthinking so much.
0: To finish on a high note, what is something that you're just so grateful has happened to you in the last year?
1: I have had like a really strong group of friends for quite a while now. And like, I'm very lucky to have like 15 year long friendships that are still in my life. But in the last year, this like new community of people have kind of come into my life and like have added a lot of like exciting adventures and stuff like the martial arts and like playing more sports and just new things that I never would have done before. So yeah, I think I'm like really grateful for this like community of people around me that is you know a lot of like my old friends are within that but some like newer people that have come in that have just kind of shaken things up and I'm really grateful for them
0: awesome well thank you so much for your time really appreciate everything you said i think one of my favorite things was just that what you were saying about pointing it too much i was like i needed to hear that today so thank you for your wisdom and your time
2: yeah thank you
1: yeah of course thank you guys yeah this is awesome <laughs>
2: So, Will, I really enjoyed that episode with Tiara and all the things we spoke about today. What was your biggest takeaway that you had from that episode?
0: Yeah, I found it really interesting that Lily Reinhardt mentioning, you know, her own struggles with anxiety actually helped Tiara with hers. I mean, I think it just reminds me of the power of having the right people around you to have open conversations about this type of thing because it really can give people the strength and the confidence to go and get help. I also think she made An amazing point about the habits you have and how they can affect your mental health, such as, you know, she mentioned caffeine, cutting that out actually helps, you know, exercising a lot, keeping a gratitude journal. Those are really great things that are free to do and also really accessible. And I think for everyone listening, those could be some really awesome things that could really do wonders for your mental health. So I found that pretty inspiring. And it's reminded me to double check and have an audit of my habits in my life. I just want to thank everyone as well for for coming this far and for listening to this conversation. We really hope you enjoyed it. And remember, if you like this and found it helpful, please send it to a friend. It could do the same for them. Make sure you rate this five stars. We really believe Tiara's journey is worth five stars for sure. And please... Subscribe, follow us on our socials at Really Mental Podcast. We are super happy to announce that again, we have another spectacular guest coming to the show. So, with that, we look forward to seeing you next week on Tuesday. We'll see you then. Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can no more.
2: if you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation.
0: Yeah, of course. Feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it. Make sure you take the time to do that.